Ready for a midlife reboot? Rachel Lee, author of the blog Midlifing It, made the decision not to live someone else's version of her life. She shares the small changes that any of us can make, as well as her own huge change of relocating from Oregon to La Paz, Mexico. And in this episode, she discusses the power of starting with small changes, how she took charge of her own health and wellness, the whole decision around deciding to move to another country, what we can learn from the blue zones and really apply to our own lives, creating a high quality life, not just a long life, and refusing to settle for the status quo. Now, I really enjoyed this discussion because Rachel is very real, very down to earth, and simply decided to live the life she wanted to live. And there's so much inspiration and so many great lessons we can learn from the example she's setting. Also, be sure to check out her blog at midlifingit.com. And if you haven't heard the last episode yet, we had Sam Rice on. Speaking of someone from another country, she was calling in from Fiji. And she is a midlife nutritionist and author of The Midlife Method, How to Lose Weight and Feel Great After 40. Now, that isn't a diet book. She's really focused on sustainable long-term health and wellness. And so she discussed how our bodies are changing in midlife, what we can do about it, how do we keep food from being the enemy, the importance of improving our gut health, as well as the importance of strength training. And she talked a little bit about her own journey and how she became a published author and some thoughts for those wanting to change direction mid-career, mid-life. Listen to the previous episode, great episode with Sam Rice. Listen to this episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it with Rachel Lee. It is time to play bigger. So let's get started. So today's guest is Rachel Lee of Midlifing It. And I'm going to actually, Rachel, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself a little bit. And, but, well, I was just about to launch into why I'm excited to have you on. And that would have just spoiled your whole introduction. So go ahead and introduce <laughs> yourself and then we'll talk about that. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, my name is Rachel Lee. I'm from a small town, Dallas, Oregon, and I have been a nurse for 19 years and I've now decided to completely change directions, really reevaluated my life. And we've decided to move to La Paz, Mexico and do a complete life reboot. And so now I'm writing and I've started a blog website called Midlifing It. So that's a very quick synopsis. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, I, a lot of people have started, fewer people have continued them, but the whole rebooting the life, moving to a different country, that's kind of a step beyond what, what many yeah. of us do. Sure. So I, I really, so the topics I would love to cover today for everyone here is, of course, you do the blog called Midlifing It. Mm -hmm. And I know that, well, I'd like to find out, you know, kind of what inspired that and kind of what you went through in, in your own midlife. Because one of the things you're doing that so few people do that I think is just really cool is you've, you've stepped back to really rethink midlife. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so often we think so hard about what we want to be when we grow up, when we're a kid or when we're in high school. And, you know, if we go to college and college and all that, and we forget that life keeps evolving and, uh, you know, we just kind of keep going in, in our groove down that trend line. And yet at any moment, we have this great opportunity just to stop and rethink, like, is this where I want right. to be going? Right. And you've done that. So I want to get to the whole La Paz, Mexico thing, because I think that's yeah. so cool. But before we do that, so what led up to creating the blog Midlifing It? Yeah. So it's a really, my story goes way, way back to when I was a, a teenager. I come from a family. Um, my mother's a nurse. My sister's a nurse. And so I just, it was kind of assumed that I would go into healthcare 
as well. But somewhere along the way, I had somebody ask me, I think I was about 16, 17, why do you want to be a nurse? And I couldn't honestly answer him. I I said, I don't know. (laughs) And so he said, is there something else that you would want to do? And I thought about it and I said, yes, actually, I would love to go to film school. I'd kind of grown up as a kid with an eight millimeter camera, you know, in my hand, making home movies, writing scripts, making my poor girlfriends do home movies with me at sleepovers. And, and I really was fascinated and wanted to go to film school. So I applied for and got accepted to NYU, Tisch School of the Arts directing school for film and was pretty stoked about it, but my parents were not. And so, you know, if you don't really have support, I think my parents were proud of me, but the idea of their daughter going to New York for film school did not seem very rational to them. And so they weren't into really helping me figure out how to do that. And so by default, I went back to nursing. So I went to nursing school and have been a nurse for, again, 19 years, but you know, it's really been probably at least the last 10 years where I've really not been happy. I've been feeling like something was missing in my life. I didn't have a creative outlet. And so I've, I've been searching for a while and um, fast forward and the pandemic hits. And like a lot of people, you know, everything shut down and we had a lot more free time on our hands. We, you know, I was still going to work every day at the hospital because I was working in a hospital, but the evenings and the weekends were free now. You know, you didn't have kid activities to run around to. And so my husband, and I just started kind of going, wow, where are we in our life? And then I coincidentally started having some stomach issues, some gastrointestinal problems. And I was pretty sure I had irritable bowel syndrome and that might be TMI, but as a nurse and I have a family history of that. So I was waiting to get into a specialist to confirm the diagnosis. So I started doing a lot of research on my own about how to alleviate my symptoms, how to live a healthier life. And really, so all of this kind of led my husband and I and myself to go again, where are we at in life? Is our life serving us? Is you know, you're you're at that kind of midlife point that I think so many people hit and you reflect on where you've been and then you start looking at where do I want to go? And that's where we just really decided we need a change, we need a reboot. He was burned out on his career, I was burned out on my career, and so we started formulating this plan. We had bought the house in Mexico as a vacation home. That was initially how it started. And then the wheels kept spinning. And I got to scheming and planning. And I said, hey, what if we could move? What if we could do this and change careers? And didn't take a lot of convincing for my husband. He's like, yes, yes, please. So, so I created this blog. It was kind of actually my husband's suggestion. He said, you know, you seem really passionate about what you've learned about health and happiness and longevity. And I said, yeah, I really am. And so I started writing my blog and I went, oh my gosh, 
this is what I've been missing. This is that creative outlet that, I mean, it really hit me like a ton of bricks. Like when I'd be writing my blog posts, I'm just like, this fills my soul. This makes me happy. And I think, you know, I, the nursing part of me will never go away. You know, that's what I it was for half of my life almost now. So part big part of nursing is teaching. And I really do enjoy that part in teaching and sharing um, things with people. So sorry, that was kind of long winded, but that's kind of how we got here. No, that's fantastic. And, you know, I, and I suspect a lot of people can see themselves in that journey. Either didn't, yeah. know what, either didn't know what they wanted to do when they were a teenager or didn't have a way to get there or mm-hmm. you know, didn't have support to get there, go into something else or went into something enthusiastically, but then discover in midlife that, you know, who they were at 18 is not who they are much later For on. Sure. Uh-huh. I love those questions that both of you were asking just around, is my life, you know, is our life serving us? Is, is this where we want to be, what we want to be doing. And those are, those are powerful things to talk about. So now midlifing it, I mean, you describe it as a blog, but I know you have mm-hmm. a whole, like a whole merchandise section on it. So, you know, it, it's a little bigger yeah. than, than most blogs are. Sure. So my husband's new career is graphic design. He nice. was a high school art teacher. And so he's figured out, Hey, I really like graphic design. And so we've kind of combined his new career with my you know website and I just felt like I wanted and I hope to add more shirts and designs I wanted to be able to create maybe some shirts that would help people feel empowered midlifing it my way midlifing it with strength you know some just kind of things to you know visually remind somebody or maybe they're having a bad day and they look at their coffee mug and it says midlifing it my way so you know it, it so it I just felt like Anything that we can do little every day to remind us, whether that's to wear an empowering t-shirt or drink your coffee out of a happy mug, I wanted to be able to share that with people too. Nice. Well, and, and I, I mean, no surprise to any of the listeners out there. I, I love the idea of just owning midlife, like, you know, wearing mm-hmm. it on a shirt, having it on your coffee mug. We spend so much time trying to hide what stage of life we're in that to just fully own it. I mean, you can't enjoy it if you're not just fully owning that space. And so anyway, that it's fun to see. And I love the combination, I, you know, of your husband contributing to it as well and you know, <laughs> bringing that piece to it. So for this whole reboot, and it's seriously a reboot because you're, you're not just moving to a different state. You're not just changing jobs. Like you're moving out of country. Both of you are changing jobs. So, you know, you don't have the stability of just one person doing it and, you know, still being in the same town, same house, all of that. And that's a big enough change. So, I mean, you've committed to it and and you'd mentioned you already had a house there, but why La Paz? It's just a place we've been to and it really spoke to us. You know, we've traveled to different parts of Mexico. I actually traveled as a kid with my parents on medical mission. So I've traveled a bit and, you know, so I think people who have traveled have probably hit or gone to a place, hopefully there where they've been like, wow, this place is great. And that was La Paz for us. It just fit our vibe. And again, I, I grew up traveling to Mexico and then we vacationed there many times. So it's, it's pretty normal for, for me. And, you know, the other part is we couldn't afford to do this here in the United States and the cost of living here is, is high. And so for two people to start over and, and have new businesses where there's 
not any cash yet <laughs> you know, coming in. We're, we're debt-free now. We were able to sell our house and we managed our money wisely. So we, we we're debt-free making this move. And so it just made sense for us. And I mean, heck, if you can live in paradise while you're doing it, why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So congrats on being debt-free. I mean, thank you. That is, you don't hear about it much. I, you hear people working on it, but yeah, it, it's just, you know, our society doesn't push us in that direction. It pushes yeah. us in the opposite direction to live at the edge of our credit limit. And yet for my wife and I, we found it, you know, we recently became debt-free and just found it so free. For, for us, it was more about whatever life throws at us. We, we have cushions and reserves. We, we know, you know, we, we, we can deal with it and there's flexibility you know, economic downturns, whatever we can move. We're not trapped in a house, not trapped in a particular yeah. anything. So, and, but of course you've taken that a step further and, you know, are moving, are, <laughs> are, right. are, are using that to your advantage. But I think what you're doing is also for me, and one of the reasons I want to have this conversation is just kind of a little bit of that dream of, you know, being able to, re- you know, retire, go live in paradise. Mm-hmm. And I know there are some, some folks here in the U S that, you know, expatriate to other countries to, to live and, and to live more cheaply and, but not really downshift their standard of living at all. Because as I understand, even like in La Paz, you know, great medical centers, great community. Right. For the very little bit that I know about it. So how's your Spanish? Like you said, you've been <laughs> to Mexico a lot. <laughs> it's, it's not great yet. I had a couple of years of Spanish in high school and then through visiting and through nursing, of course, I've had many um, Spanish speaking only patients. So I've maintained a certain level. So I'm really hoping to build on it quickly now. Um, But the rest of my family does not speak Spanish. So that'll be fun. (laughs) So is it fairly English friendly in that community? Yeah, I mean, it's so the pause has 250,000 people. It's not a huge tourist destination yet necessarily because Cabo is only two and a half hours away. So probably most tourists go to Cabo. But, you know, in the area along the boardwalk that they call the Malacan, you know, there is pretty much most of the people in the shops or the restaurants would speak some English. So, so, and then, you know, our realtor is a great help to us. You know, we've, we've, we're getting some help from a concierge company that helps expats set up everything. So there's help out there, you know, and for people, so we don't have to reinvent the wheel and totally do it on our own. <laughs> okay. No. And that's great to know. Cause you know, I've kind of had this thought in the back of my mind for, for a little bit, it would be really cool to go do that. My mom's kind of talked about doing it. I don't think she'll end up doing it, but it does feel like I don't even know where to start. Like buying a house in the United States is tough enough to think about, <laughs> you know, buying something in another country, uh-huh. um, not speaking the language, at least, you know, I don't, I guess if I moved somewhere where they spoke a, a little bit of German, I could probably handle it. Not really useful when you're talking about moving to cheaper countries. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. Anyway. Um, so tell me about that, that adjustment. Cause even with the services, like you mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. your, your kids, your family, I mean, that's a whole new culture. Like how, how did you sell them on that? How on board are Yeah. So the two kids, so we have three kids. One's just graduated our oldest and he'll be starting college. So we are leaving him behind here in Oregon, but our 16 year old and 11 year old 
the 11 year old's just totally in and excited because he loves the water. So we'll be right there on La Paz Bay that goes into the Sea of Cortez. And he's just, he's excited. And then the 16 year old, you know, she has a little bit more reservations, but we, we made it kind of a, not exactly a deal. We said to her, we won't do this move until you graduate. If you, if that's important to you, we were willing to wait a couple of years and she gave it some thought and she, we went to visit our house spring break. So this March and they pretty much decided by then the kids that they were in. And, and after that visit, they really were like, yep, let's do this. So my 16 year old's kind of even looking at it as a life reboot for her, which I think is really cool. So, you know, she's going to obviously miss her friends and she's a little nervous about not speaking the language, but, but it, it's a journey and we're helping them with it. And Trying to just look at the positive of, yes, we're leaving things behind, but what we're going to be gaining in the experience and the life experience is going to be so much more. So we try to frame it that way, you know, so uh, we try to keep it really positive. So, you know, what, what, what life experience are you hoping to gain? So, I mean, yeah, obviously midlife rethinking, rebooting, Yeah. Um, even if you came back to the States or moved somewhere else in a few years, what are you really hoping to take away from La Paz? Well, I, I really want to give that shot to, to having control of my life. It feels like for the first time I'm, I'm taking the steps of not living someone else's version of my life or my dream. And it's just really empowering. And I, I do believe in myself that, you know, if I make, make up my mind and I decide to do something, I'm going to make it happen and make it work. So, so I do have, you know, that confidence. And so just really being able at the end of the day, or when I'm 80, 90 years old saying, I took control of my life and I, I did it my way. And that's what I really hope to share with other people is if there's something that you feel like you're missing or that, you know, something in intuition or something inside of you, listen to it because you know yourself better than anybody. And that's, that's kind of how I finally got to this journey is, is I want to again, take control of my life and help other people see that you don't have to settle and midlife, if not now, when, so go for it. Nice. If not now, when the very, very powerful phrase. And I love what you say, you know, um, no longer living someone else's version of your life. Mm-hmm. So from your experience in, you know, in your own life and, and in helping others with, with their lives, how do we go about rebooting? How do we go about connecting with what we want in our life? Because I can imagine that, you know, if you've been living a life for 40, 50, 60 years, you know, that mm-hmm. it can be, I can imagine it being hard to even know what you want for your life at this point. You know, you've just so lived right. that other life. Well, uh-huh. so where do you even start? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, obviously where we're starting is pretty extreme, right? And and I don't, you know, expect that everybody's going to pack up, give away all their possessions and move to another country. But I think you got, you know, starting small, just starting something. If you're feeling, you know, whether it be I don't like my career or I'm 
not in a healthy relationship or I'm not happy with my health in general, whatever it is, just start small, you know, one little thing you can do each day is just start, believe in yourself. And, you know, I think for us, it kind of took a rock bottom type of experience, kind of the perfect storm of events to really make us finally take that leap. And I don't think everybody necessarily has to hit a rock bottom, but really listen to your intuition and yourself and and start making small steps and believe in yourself. Because I think that we all know, we all know what we should probably do or, but we don't for some reason trust ourselves or believe ourselves. So just take a small step and maybe the next day, another step, and it'll kind of build upon itself. Well, and it, it sounds like that, you know, you, you did that. You, you are at a more extreme point than most people might get to. But just as you're talking about, you know, your own history, you start with just like researching health a little bit, you know, how, how do you mm-hmm. improve that? And then, you know, next step, next step. I, and I'm guessing gaining confidence, becoming a little more empowered along the way, taking control of that piece of your life. So, you know, so good news for everyone listening. You don't need to just pack up your entire life and move somewhere. You know, you can start small and it, it'll build to where right. it goes to. So when, and I know everyone's different, but for you, when you were kind of taking charge of, of your health and wellness, what are some of the things that made the biggest difference? So again, I was, I was looking for ways to improve my irritable bowel syndrome. So I did a lot of research on diet to alleviate my symptoms, which then led me to learning about plant-based diets. So we changed to that, which it's kind of this cascading events. Then I found out about the blue zones for longevity. So blue zones are areas around uh, the world where researchers found have the highest concentration of centenarians or people over 100. So there's five of these blue zones around the world. So I did a lot of research and learning about those and the nine characteristics that they share, you know, because yeah, at midlife, you're going, okay, I'm, I'm halfway there. How am I going to make, help myself live the healthiest and longest that I can for the next, you know, the second part. And so I've, that's a lot of my health journey is learning about steps I can take to not just live a long life, but live a healthy and vibrant life, you know, where you're active and, and really getting the most out of your life. You know, medical science now can keep you alive, but are you living a quality, good quality of life? So uh, that's a lot of where our, the health journey part and of my blog too is, is centered. Not to put you on the spot, remembering all that you learned about the blue zones, but I don't know much about them. So I'm really curious, like, I don't think I live in a blue zone. So (laughs) what are some of the things that that you learned that would be easy for folks to do, you know, short of moving their life to another area of the world? Right. So just quickly, the the blue zones are, uh, the five areas are uh, in uh, Greece, Icaria, Greece, uh, or Icaria, Greece, uh, Sardinia, Italy, the Seventh-day Adventist, community in Loma Linda, California, Okinawa, Japan, and Nicoya Providence in Costa Rica. And these people share these nine common denominators. One I really love is move naturally. So these people don't necessarily go to a gym every day. They just incorporate movement into their daily life. They just don't sit a lot. 
which, you know, a lot of our modern lifestyle is, is not geared toward that. We sit, right? We're at the computer or desks or, you know, we have a Roomba now to do the vacuuming for us. We, <laughs> if you think about all these modern conveniences, they're going the opposite of encouraging you to just move naturally through your day. A lot of these communities, they garden a lot. So there's that. There's having a life purpose, having something that wakes you up every morning and, and gets you going and makes you healthy, happier. So having purpose in your life, downshifting. So um, having less stress daily. So however you can figure to do that, belonging to a community. Um, of like-minded people that support you, um, support your healthy journey. So uh, a lot of community and even being around family, which we're kind of breaking that one because we're moving away from our family, but a lot of Blue Zones incorporate family and multi-generational households, things like that. So that's some of them. Again, another one that we decided to adopt is the plant slant. So most of the people in the blue zones eat a 95% to 100% of plant-based diet. So my husband and I decided to adopt that one too. It feels like our society is set up to be like the opposite of the blue zone here. You, you nailed it on the head, Brock. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you mentioned move, move naturally. So you're right. So I have a Roomba. I have a riding mower. You know, I get up, I get in my car, I go to the office, I sit in the office, I drive home. And then I sit down. <laughs> so right. if I'm not conscious about it, I, I don't, it's easy for me to not move unless I'm very conscious ab about it. You know, less stress. Well, so much of our lives are seem to be geared around stress that there seems to be less sense of community these days. I mean, people right. are, move around more, don't necessarily live near family as much. Most of my friends are, you know, I'm more connected online than in person. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's totally uncommon. And, and so anyway, so th those are, those are all great and, and they're simple. I mean, they're not easy, but they're, they're simple. Right? right. I mean, these aren't fancy areas of the world. I mean, these, these cities or regions that they've studied, they're a pretty simple lifestyle and simple people. And they're not doing any of this on purpose. It's just how their lives are. And so, yeah, it, it it's like you said, it's unfortunate that our, our current, lifestyles are really kind of doing everything. It's like we're doing everything to kind of send us to an early grave, but then we're medically keeping us alive, but it's not a real necessarily healthy or vibrant life. So any, any little thing you can do to start, start getting your health back is, is a step in the right direction. I do think moving, moving nat naturally not moving countries, but getting up and walking and doing your chores maybe by hand is maybe one of the easiest ways we can start. Yeah. Well, and, and I know we're, our bodies are designed to move and I, I believe our, our lymph system works only through our movement. I'm not a doctor, so I'm just going with what I read there, but um so, so yeah, so, so much goodness that comes from that. And, and I love, it's not this huge complicated thing, like get up and move, you know, know what you want to yeah. accomplish anyway. So you're moving to Mexico, your kids are on board, obviously your, your husband's on board. So for you, what, what's kind of the next steps? I mean, obviously you'll, you'll be driving, you'll be <laughs> unloading all the stuff and all of that, but you know, once you're settled in, 
kind of mm-hmm. what what do you envision your life looking like? Well, yeah, we've we've talked about this a lot. You know, we hope we have to obviously get into a routine. We're not retiring, so we will have these online businesses that we have to, you know, start start going and getting some income from. But, you know, we hope to get up and 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 get some exercise in, go for a walk and and you know, pretty normal. We got to take take our youngest to school. He's going to an international school and then we'll come back and work on our businesses, but just a slower pace, more at our, at our life pace. And, and then being more present as a family and really taking more time to be mindful of, of, of our life and what we're doing and living more with a purpose than just winging it. I think we're so our lives are so busy. We just do get into default mode and just, you know, run this hamster wheel. So we're hoping to get off of that and, and live more with a a sense of purpose and meaning. And then, you know, we're going to be working on building a community down there. We need to meet some friends, some, so that's going to be important. And I'm very mindful of that, that I, I need to find some friends and a community down there. So that's going to be kind of high on my priority list. You mentioned building two online businesses. Mm-hmm. So I know you're just getting getting started with it. I don't know. I'm just kind of, kind of wondering, how do you go about building an online business from... <laughs> It sounds weird to say from another country because the internet's everywhere. So it doesn't really matter where you are. So maybe that doesn't make any difference at all. Maybe that's just kind of my own hang up there. It's been challenging. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I didn't go to school for business. I went to nursing school. So I, I told my husband, you know, I, I wouldn't try to be a nurse without going to nursing school. So I'm doing a lot of research and a new friend suggested some great books to read. So I, I do kind of geek out on doing research and, and so thankfully. So I'm learning. It's going to be a process. You know, I don't have an MBA. I, I didn't go to journalism school. So I, I'm going to ask my readers to allow me some grace as I <laughs> start this process. So it's, yeah, it's challenging, but I just doing the best I can one day at a time with reading. And, you know, the, the really fun thing about this time we're living in is that the internet you can find anything right on the internet. So, you know, when I was a a senior in high school and couldn't figure out how to get to NYU, there was no Google. I couldn't Google it or YouTube it to tell me how to do it. So, so actually the, the internet's a pretty great thing. Absolutely. Well, but before we, we wrap up here, Rachel, so what advice would you have for others who are kind of thinking, Hey, this kind of, Living in paradise at a lower cost of living sounds like a decent thing. Like, sure. What advice? Where do they even get started? I the the best thing I can tell people is, again, listen to that inner voice. And if you feel like something is amiss or out of balance, you're you're trying to tell yourself something. And listen to it and trust your instinct. And just believe in yourself. And, you know, you, you probably do need to do some big steps like making an action plan, you know, but just take that first step of, of don't settle for the status quo if it's not fueling you or feeding your soul. You don't have to settle for it. And just, 
just take charge and reclaim your life. Well, that, that seems like a, a nice mic drop moment right there. You know, that, that, it's good advice. So thank you. Where can people find you? Like, sure. So my, my website is uh, midlifingit.com. It's a, it's a made up word. I think I made that word up. M-I-D-L-I-F-I-N-G-I-T, midlifing it. And then I am on uh, Instagram at midlifing it. So, so far, those are kind of my, my baby steps. All right. Well, and so, and you've got the blog, but also out there is a newsletter. You can subscribe for that. And I think you have some mm-hmm. other resources out there. What, what, what else do can people find on your web? Well, again, there's the fun, empowering shirts and mugs and things you can buy. I have a, a life reboot checklist. So if you do subscribe to my newsletter, it'll give you a copy of that life reboot guide guidelines or things that you can start that way. And so there's a couple of blog posts about how am I ready for a life reboot? And then how do I start a life reboot? And then more information, again, kind of geared towards blue zones, philosophies. So geared towards some health and then just some empowerment and taking back control of your life. All right. Very nice. Well, Rachel, it's been fantastic having you on as a guest here. And I'm so excited for you. That sounds like such a cool journey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So that wraps it up for today. I would love to know for you, what is the biggest takeaway from Rachel? What information, ideas, inspiration are you going to apply to your own life? Please let me know. Hit me up in the comments. Let me know on Instagram. And speaking of two things I always want to ask is one, since you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others who might also learn, might also benefit from, from Rachel's journey, her message, and always appreciate when you leave reviews you can easily leave a review on lovethepodcast.com forward slash midlife mastery. Of course, you could go to Apple Podcasts or wherever. Love the podcast is just an easy way to do it. And your reviews help me understand what you really enjoy about the podcast, the guests that you really like, what you want to hear more of. And it also helps other people discover the podcast as well. So thank you for listening. Really appreciate your support and love to hear your feedback and how you are applying this in your own life.